We've done this before. Let's try something new. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today's date is March 29th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm joined here today, as always, with Steve. Greetings. So, I feel like for the whole month of March, we've been like, oh, we're almost done. We're almost done. Now we're actually done. Yeah. March is over in two days. Yeah, it feels like that. Like, January was... It was long. That was a whole year in itself february i like i blinked and it was gone yeah it was weird but march i don't know march seemed like normal i guess i think what's crazy though with it is you know you're you're like the og been wearing shorts since you know birth basically pretty much um and i walked out of my respective location to make my way to the studio and i realized like it's almost like that fucking crazy snow catastrophe we experienced for that glimmer of time like it just never existed yeah because i figure i remember just how long and drawn out summer felt because that's when everything was still like in almost total shutdown mode yep so it almost feels like that was such a huge chunk of the entire year that now with the weather the way it is, it's like, do we even have winter? Like, yeah, right. Even really, it's almost like it never happened. Yeah, I mean, it does feel good though to know that I'm not going to be the only asshole walking around. So I'm in saying, shorts. bringing that shorts back up, it's like you just been doing it forever. Now everyone's wearing shorts and they're fucking cramping your style. Yeah, that's the thing, and people need to fucking understand it and realize it that I. Like you said earlier, I am the OG. You're like uh, Bane in uh, Dark Knight Rises. (laughs) You just adapted to the shorts. I was born in it, molded by it. Oh, you just adapted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's fucking perfect. Yeah. But in, uh, in other topics, did you encounter anything new or interesting? So I'm not sure which one you're going to talk about. Um, first, I want to make a stance. Um, it sucks because most of what's new and interesting for me has to tie into the metal scene. Yeah. Because I think it's just there are respective artists that actually had quality that are releasing music and it's just hard to digest, but it's still new and interesting. Yeah, exactly. And with hip hop, like I recommended that uh, Black uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack because there was some good shit on it. Yeah. And it's just weird because, like, newer hip hop is just so fucking hard to come across that's, like, reasonably worth note or, like, making notion of. It's just. I can second that. It sucks because there is, a, like, I give a lot of shit a chance. And, like, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of shit that I'm just not willing to recommend because I feel You're like far more generous with it than I am. Yeah. Like, I, well, because I have a really, like, a deep root to hip hop. I mean, yeah. my sister, that's her number one genre. Like, she won't listen to anything outside of rap. And that was something I always had growing up. Yeah. But. Going back to that, there is something of new and interesting that's metal related. And of course, you know, three days ago, Lamb of God <laughs> finally dropped that deluxe edition of the fucking deluxe edition that apparently that I had was not good enough of a deluxe version. This is the deluxe this deluxe. This is the real deluxe. Like, I bought some fucking Fugazi, apparently. 
Um, but there was a new song on it that was also released um, as well as a live Richmond show. The song was called Hypothermic Slash Accelerate. And um, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm really sold that Lamb of God is just going this way yeah. of this, you know, more so like the wrath era, what that started to project for them. And it's not to say that it's not lamb of God. It's just to say that this is lamb of God's evolution. Cause there are still a lot of, yeah, you know, comfort factors of what they're playing. A lot of reminiscent of their just sound and their unique ability to produce these songs. But it's just a, the only thing I'm going to hope for is that they still have so many landmark songs that they're going to play live. And oh, at yeah. the end of the day, that's yeah, why I enjoy a band. If they're playing live, you get the opportunity to see these songs live. And exactly. Who knows? Maybe even the newer songs. I mean, mean you both, right? Five, uh, one, two. First time we heard it was both of us live. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I thought it was amazing. A phenomenal track. Amazing. Never would have gave that album a shot until I saw it live. So I'm yep. hoping there's some rebirth, considering they are touring, apparently, which is interesting. Yeah, apparently July 26th on a Monday. I mean, oh, you, thought, yeah, they, you thought they would have learned from last time they came on a weekday, but whatever. <laughs> We're probably going to be there. Somehow. Well, actually, you've you've never seen Megadeth live. I've never seen This could be your chance to see yeah, Megadeth and I live. I was buying those tickets before, you know, yep. the old COVID came around and... Said, 2020 also, was supposed to be such a badass year for shows. Yeah, it was. It really was. And it's great. I also had in line to see Tool a second time. They were oh, performing shit. at the Barclays Center or something. My boy was going to get me tickets. Free fucking tickets to Tool in better seating areas. So I was like, fully stoked for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, But with the whole Megadeth thing, which really sucked about that, because not only did the show get postponed, but then that whole cancer thing really came to a head. Yeah. So it was almost the same thing I way I feel with Ozzy. Like, mm-hmm. Like this, this shit shows need to get back on the track here. Like, I, yeah. there's some people I need to I'm see. I'm missing out. <laughs> like, don't do this to me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just the the shit with the you know with COVID and everything, and the shows that we didn't get to see really fucking really made that last year even worse. Yeah, I mean, you know, not getting political or anything, but hopefully with you know the. Uh, wide acceptance of the vaccinations hopefully we can like you know get back on track a little bit faster and then that's going to be also up for interpretation i mean you know me and you've discussed this everyone's going to mm-hmm. have their own feel on that so no way are we bashing or even condoning the vaccine it's exactly. a personal situation at this point but the way it's headed it's looking like it's a necessary it's going to become a necessary evil and almost mandatory in most cases but again when it goes back to live shows um because you got to figure the summer before. I mean, there was like plenty of great shows mm-hmm. we were both able to experience. And then the following summer rolls around and COVID hits. And it really makes you think back, like how important, you know, the art of live music really is to some people. Because yeah. that's just like a, like you're in a different world in yeah. live music. Like, you know, you could be on your computer, on your phone, but your mind's still going about other shit. You know, you're watching a TV show. Yep. It's like reading a book, you know, sometimes where it's like you forget what you just saw and you have to rewind it back five minutes, you know, or reread the pages. Like at a yep. live show, you're just there. Yeah. 
Like, there's just nothing else that could really take you away from that unless, you know, you get hit in the fucking face and they pull you out and, you know, something like that happens. But, you know, that's just the... That's the game you play. the price of show business, <laughs> I guess. Um, but, I mean, it's just it's sad. But hopefully things do turn around and, you know, Lamb of God is on track, apparently, to tour with Megadeth, which they planned last year, which I'm more excited about, obviously, than this deluxe, deluxe album. <laughs> um by the time it comes out, there's going to be another deluxe yeah, on the deluxe. There's going to be a tour deluxe. version of, yeah, yeah. whatever. Either way. <laughs> and uh, for you, Bill, um, you were interesting. Well, Wolfgang Van Halen put out two new songs uh, Friday. Yeah, the date this comes out last Friday. He released um, the song Don't Back Down and Think It Over uh, with a music video for Don't Back Down, which I thought was pretty cool. Um for those of you that didn't see it or have no intentions on seeing it and just want to listen to the song, it's basically just him playing in, in the 5150 studios, but with five versions of himself playing the respective instruments, plus the producer and the engineer version of him. It's just, it's a really funny video and, uh, just shows that he's got humor to him. And, and this album, right? He, it, releasing a full length. June 11th. Full 14 length. songs. 14, wow, okay. Okay. And then um, that song "Distance," the first the first single that was ever with out, the yeah with the video, the memor- yeah, that is actually a bonus track on the album. That song, so that's not even a yeah, that was included. never intended to be an album track. So that was more of like a memorial track, almost, exactly. Okay, that's why it was so special or whatever. The music video itself yeah. was yeah. the The music video itself was really cool. I still was. I'm still not a giant fan of the song. I mean, rock mainstream rock radio is playing the fuck out of it right now. Well, which is good news because, again, like how we both feel about that song. So it's mm. good to know that that's more so just like of a bonus track. Yeah, it kind of gives you more help that to know that if that's a bonus track, and especially some of the things that he's released recently that are going to be tied to the album have yeah. a little more of a unique, like, you know, like a harder edge. Yeah, like he's developing a real sound as opposed to that song seemed like it was more so produced for a purpose. Exactly. Itself, you know, not necessarily. It was kind of like thrown together. Album. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the, the music itself is good. The, the song isn't bad. It's just not my bad. Yeah. Like I'm not only into like the singer songwriter. Well, that's like the luxury of a single. It's where, mm-hmm. you know, singles sometimes will make it on a complete album. So then sometimes you will have those yeah. two side single tracks where they didn't need to be tied in an album, so you could just focus on this one individual song and not worry about how it was going to exactly. flow with the rest of the music. So that being a bonus track is, in my but, opinion, good to know. You know, it is nice to see these songs that are coming out and to know that it is his own particular sound. Like, yeah. it's not... I mean, I yeah, there is Van Halen influence to all of his music. Let's be real. There has to be. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's literally in his DNA. I was just going to say, anyone goes to a show like Van Halen, because this is his father. <laughs> like, what do you want, dude? But it's not so mirror image to where it's like, oh, well, this is yeah. just a blatant ripoff. Yeah, it's like Peyton Manning becoming a top five all-time quarterback. Oh, he's just doing that because his father did it, Archie. <laughs> like, like, no shit, dude. <laughs> It's literally just in his genes. Literally. Like, the, the, like, go read a fucking biology book, my man. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, um, I could definitely see this is going to be one of those musical projects to where you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. it. Yeah. Like, you know, not it's not going to be for everybody. It's just regular mainstream, you know, I hate to say it, but mainstream butt rock. So I would be curious when this album actually comes out, Bill, if you'll experience... Ooh. 
I sure hope not because of, like I said, the three, so- well, the four songs I've heard so far, uh, you know, Distance, uh, You're to Blame, Don't Back Down and Think It Over. I mean, I liked, I liked all of them, you know, so pretty decently. I once had a few songs released to me early from Tool's latest album. <laughs> And I was fucking, yeah, this is going to be the greatest thing of all time. And of course, when the album came out, I was pretty sold on it. Yeah. It's been a couple years now. And uh, yeah, now I know. Now we know where I stand. <laughs> so for me personally, it'll be interesting to see yeah. because you still have that connection. Yeah. Like that's because again, take the name away from it. Let's say this was fucking any band that you know of that you, you know what I mean? Just releasing yeah. new music. Like eventually that part of like understanding the relation is going to wear thin where you're just judging exactly. it on the music. So I'm going to be curious. Like obviously when it comes out, I expect you to have an appreciation, expect you to have your, you know, your stance on it. I'm more than likely willing to bet that you're going to find it overall favorable, but we're going to make this note here in this episode. <laughs> it's what? March 29th. Yes. March 29th, 2022, when we're ending our latest season down the road, we're going to then revisit and give a real another review on the album. So we'll catch a review when it comes out. Yeah. You know, next fall or whatever, because it'll be July. And then when we pick back up and then we'll do another review at the end of the following season (laughs) and see what's up. Oh, so if you guys didn't catch on to that (laughs) and if you're not um, hip to our schedule, we only have two more episodes left in this season. Yes. Uh, this week and then next Monday. Yes. Uh, we will be returning for season four and uh, bigger and better than ever. Always. You know, yeah. I think every every season we're like, oh, it's going to be even better next time. Yeah. It's going to be way better. Yeah. And, you know. And you get the same banter from two individuals. Who exactly. basically talk about what any music fan <laughs> talks about on a regular basis. You just get to hear it from other people. Yeah, just now you're for, now we force it onto your phone. Yeah, you could be in Wisconsin and, like, just listen for the fact, like, look at these guys with their jersey accents. You know what I mean? Like, you could have reasons why you're listening to this beyond our understanding. But or if any of our homeboys in Canada. Yeah. Hey, they have an interesting stance on death, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our German friends. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. Yeah, I I, German. I took German one in high school, failed it miserably, which was hugely disappointing. I'm trying to think. I know I, I can't really do a good Russian accent, but I know we got boys in Russia. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're missing our comrade to provide that one. Yeah. Yeah. On this day in music history. On this day in music history, March 29th, 1975. Led Zeppelin becomes the first band in history to have six entries on the Billboard Albums chart at once. The latest release, Physical Graffiti, is at number one, with their five uh, previous five albums also on the chart. Led Zeppelin 4, House of the Holy, Led Zeppelin 2, Led Zeppelin, and Led Zeppelin 3, respectively at 83, 92, 104, 116, and 124. Uh, they rarely release singles, which boost their album sales. Yeah, Led Zeppelin was smart as fuck about that, to be honest. Oh, and it's yeah. funny, we were just talking about this with, um, you know, like you'll see like a band formed in 99 and, you know, first album release in 06. You know, like Led Zeppelin, yeah. this is where I give a lot of credit because the technology that was used to make music back then, first of all, required more talent than technology. Yes. Nowadays, you can manipulate a lot of shit. So for Zeppelin to not only... And 
you know, people will say they ripped off a lot of previous musicians, which I don't, that's neither here nor there in this conversation. But for them to write, produce, and release music on such a consistent level for those several albums and to be that fucking good, yeah, that's what makes them, when you talk in the vein of like some of the best musicians and best bands, that Led Zeppelin is just that, you know, prototypical, like, that's a band. Greatest band ever. Literally, like everything they did, the, you know, sales, the notoriety, the mm-hmm. talent. I mean, it's just, it's undeniable in that case. I'm glad we're able to say things like that. Yeah. On this show for once. Yes. It's necessary to really <laughs> respect that. 1980, uh, the second singer of ACDC, who is not nearly as good as the first, Brian Johnson of the band, Jerody, gets a new, slightly more high profile gig. Of course, replacing the absolute phenomenal Bon Scott, who did die of alcohol asphyxiation, I guess you could call it, um, and replaces him in ACDC. Johnson's first album with the band is Back in Black, which becomes the second best-selling album worldwide behind Thriller. Now, here's the thing, going back to clever and smart musicianship. Back in Black, as much as I can say that it's not my personal favorite, yeah. I always have that thing like, oh, I'll have a personal favorite, but I'll also have an album that if I'm going to get you into this band and you need this to hear their best album. work, this is that album. Because yeah. Back in Black is just an undeniable hit machine fucking album. From start to finish. From start We've to talked finish. about this before. Yeah. yeah, literally. Back in Black is like the blueprint if you are to start like a, a rock band and you were looking for any kind of inspiration on where you should go, Back in Black is that album. Yeah, because I think you can... It's simplistic di- enough. Yes. But yet it's... It's simplistic enough, but it also it's has the driving edge to it's it. Got the driving it's got a factor. rock and roll edge to yep. it. It's got almost a metal edge to it. Like shoot the thrill can mm-hmm. really bring that vibe to it. But as much as I always say that Bon Scott's ACDC just was more of my brand of rock and roll, like more rugged and yeah. just, you know, Brian Johnson gave them more of like a polished sound. Again, Back in Black to be that high of a selling album in no way should be a surprise if you've heard it. Just, oh yeah! If you haven't heard it, it's kind of like where have you been? <laughs> it's like Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> they made Back in Black. Literally, this is number two. This is behind Thriller, the, the arguably one of the greatest albums of all. Yeah, time. and I don't want to hear that whole shit. Like I don't listen to rock and roll. Like this is not even about. <laughs> it surpasses genre genres. at this. It point. transcends yeah. past genres. Just, you gotta at that have point. to know shit. Like you think Nas. And Jay Z and fucking Tim McGraw and Billie Eilish are out there, like not have knowing this stuff. Oh, dude! Like just because you may be pigeonholed to a genre, you have to understand for musicians, like yep. they listen to other stuff. Your favorite artists listen to other stuff. True. Sorry. So I mean, to not know this album would be a shock in most <laughs> cultures. I mean, honestly. Like Back in Black might have one of the most recognizable riffs of all time. Oh uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, true. Highway to Hell is pretty recognizable too. Back in Black has got to be the most <laughs> iconic. I mean, <laughs> we did t- we had a whole iconic yeah. riff section in and ACDC is the most iconic riff just, band. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that was 1980. Speaking of iconic and rugged, and you know, greatest of all time in 1986, Flacco's Rock Me Amadeus. A tribute to the famous composer Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart with lyrics in German. It's number one in America. I, I dude, never, I fucking love this song. I've never heard it. Yes, you have. Falco's Rock Me Amadeus. 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 You never heard this song? Put a note here. Hold on. You're fucking kidding me. I don't think I've ever heard this, dude. Dude. 
A few minutes later. All right, so now you just got schooled in Rock Me Amadeus. Yeah, I'm a little, um, I guess, out of loot when it comes to hits from the 80s now now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I don't know how I never heard it if it's that. Like, how was that not just, I don't know. I think about how often the radio was on as I was a kid and how that just never once made its it way probably, across my airwaves. It honestly could have just fucking just breezed right by it because you're probably like listening to this shit in German. You're like, I don't even know what the yeah, fuck Yeah, but that saying. chorus is very like it's a brain seeper. Yeah. You know, you're probably sitting there. It's probably replaying in your head right now, isn't it? And probably probably like, won't oh, even, yeah, I can hear it. I'm hearing it right now. <laughs> at, like I'm trying to get my words out without that part of my brain taking over. Oh, of, oh, 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 I don't need to start doing that. Um, <laughs> going into the nineties, speaking of a whole new world from the Disney animated film, Aladdin wins the Academy award for best song. It's just, yeah, it's decent. You'll talk about, yeah. I uh, I am more of a fan oh, of uh, yeah. I mean, this point, you know, Phil Collins didn't step into the studio yet. Yeah, Phil, Phil Collins fucking, wasn't. He wasn't dropping. Like that dude fucking, went in for that fucking soundtrack. Jesus Christ! Phil Collins going in dropping dimes for Disney. Yeah, seriously, that was. Yeah. But that's. I mean, a whole new world is a great song. Um, I mean, I couldn't even tell you what else was nominated at that point in time. It is a good song. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy that movie. It's an absolute classic from my childhood. Um, I mean, not really much else to say on that. I mean, I can, I could. See I'm personally a it. fan of Gilbert Gottfried's uh, voice talents for that for that film. Are you? <laughs> is that the highlight of the film? Yeah, for it's you? the highlight of the yeah, film. Yeah, that is pretty good. <laughs> Very underrated performance, if you ask me as well. <laughs> Going back as an adult, you really respect the man. <laughs> Gutted it out as that fucking what was it parrot. Yeah. Parrot, right? Yeah, it was, was a, parrot. It a parrot or something. Parrot. Like that type of... Yeah, it was a parrot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was red. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Aren't parrots like black with... Yeah, right, parrots are red. Cans. Two cans. I'm getting fucked no, up. No, two cans are black. A parrot. Yeah, with the Yeah, because two cans Sam's on the Fruit Loops that box and that's he's what black makes me and think blue. Of, yeah. Okay. Speaking of... Smash hit songs. Yeah, speaking of smash hits. Amazing bands. In 2009, Nickelback Rule... The Juno Awards, winning Album of the Year, Group of the Year, and the Fan Choice Award. This is where... It's the Juno Awards. Wait, what's the Juno Awards? I have no fucking Is it club. fake? That's exactly what I think. Oh. No, I, I just, I, it's like... It's not like... We're not talking about like the Raspberry. It's like anything, Mitch right? Trubisky winning Nickelodeon Valuable Player, you know, when they <laughs> had that one game on the NFL, you know, Nickelodeon Network. So it's just the Juno Awards, I, for all I know, is could be like the only bands that were nominated at this point were like stained and Nickelback. Let me look this up. I gotta see what the Juno Awards is all about. All about uh, Juno Awards... Oh. Presented annually to Canadian musical artists. Ah, okay. That makes sense. All right, so there was a very limited selection of artistic ability. The album of the year for Nickelback was given to uh, Dark Horse. Notable tracks from this album were... Oh, wait. That's why... Guess who produced it? Who? Mutt Lang. Okay. Burn It to the Ground was one of the singles. Actually, there's a few singles. Something in Your Mouth, Burn It to the Ground, Gotta Be Somebody, I'd Come for You, Never Gonna Be Alone, Shaking Hands, 
if today was your last day in this afternoon. I've personally heard Burn to the Ground, and if today was your last day, played on mainstream rock radio in full rotation when it came on. I don't want to be a total child, but when you said something in your mouth, I totally <laughs> forgot everything you said. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Yo, how are you going to go to the studio and be like, uh, let's write this smash hit right here. What are we going to title it there? Oh, it was oh. also used, this song, uh, Something in Your Mouth, was also used in the seventh film in the American Pie series, American Pie Presents the Book of Love. So obviously there is some sort of a uh, innuendo. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. But, um, so yeah, uh, this is the thing. Well, I guess maybe Nickelback is well more, like, uh, accepted and widely received in Canada than in America because I guarantee you right now they are not winning Fan Choice Award or Group of the Year in America. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's also 2009. I mean, Nickelback. Even in the United States, I mean, they've always been just kind of that, like, middle of the pack, you know. They obviously play concerts. People buy their tickets. People buy their albums. Um, But, yeah, that would never, I couldn't imagine seeing that ever in the United States. Well, that's the thing. It's like I said, you know, like, I hate to be, like, the Nickelback enforcer guy, but they do have a lot of endorsements with a lot of people that we look up to. Listen, it's one of those things, like, any press is good press. Put it this way. Nine times out of ten, anybody you ask is going to know the band name Nickelback. Exactly. So, I mean, it's a win-win for them because they're able to play music and do something they love. And hate yeah. them or love them, they're still going to sell albums and play shows if they decide. And Honestly, what I feel like the so deal forth. is with Nickelback is that they have they've, they cracked the formula to writing a hit song. And it's almost like if you were to go back in time... And get like a sports almanac, if you will, right? Oh, yes. And then you travel to the future. Yes. And then you bet on all these sporting events. Or someone steals that sports almanac and is able to do exactly what you plan. Exactly. To do. Yes, yes. And instead of being, you know, like a normal person about it and like dropping like one or two here or there and you like. Drop. Yeah, you, you drop go, all you of it at once. And then you become like. Then you get hell valley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're basically. A picturesque Donald Trump-looking guy. Isn't that funny, though? That's well, you have to understand that. Was that, that the point? That, that, that yeah, because that character image, like if you were a wealthy white billionaire, that was the generic yeah, that, image. This is generic white billionaire. <laughs> Seriously, generic white billionaire. I'm pretty sure if you bought a Halloween costume, you know, like when they have, for instance. Um, like, it'll be like Jason Voorhees, but it'll be like Hockey Mask Killer or yeah. something, you know? Or Mike Myers, like, White-Faced Man Stabber. Yeah. That would be generic white billionaire would be that costume, as opposed to saying, yeah, this is Donald but, Trump. <laughs> or Biff. Yeah. But honestly, though, I feel like that's probably the deal with Nickelback. Yeah. If they, I mean, like I said, they cracked the code for writing a hit song and being able to have it played on mainstream radio. If they weren't so fucking greedy about it and like did like one or two here or there and then did like legit they album tracks. Exactly. I feel like they would be more well received, but it's the fact of like the oversaturization of Nickelback that makes people really dislike them. Well, I think that also goes with bands like, 
you know, like Silver Chair, for instance, or other bands that are kind of simple, like Fuel and Three Days um, Grace. Yeah, like they all had several hit songs, and they mm-hmm. get lumped into being a generic, you know, '90s to early 2000s rock band. But they don't get the as much hate because they still have other songs that some people probably listen to that are the deeper cuts. Like Nickelback's yeah. just going out of their way to like we're putting songs on the radio. Every it's, every song on our album is a single. Yeah, it's almost like when we I sent that thing from the hard times with the black keys. Like yeah. you know, they're cutting around they're just, you know, not you know, they're cutting through the bullshit and just naming their next song Ford commercial. Like because that's the direction they've headed. They yeah. haven't really written authentic music in a long time. Yeah, whereas long Nickelback time. just never really wrote authentic music to begin with. Yeah. They wrote a hit song probably unknowingly and like we can do this all the fucking time now. Yeah, this is how you remind me. I can honestly say, though, if I would have written that song, I would have been like, man, this is the fucking shit. Like, if I would have wrote that shit on my own, I'd be I'd be proud of it. I don't blame you. I mean, if I wrote anything that made it on the fucking radio <laughs> as much as that did as well, I'd be ecstatic, too. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. I'll hate on him, but I'm, I'm that, like, I keep relating everything back to sports because this is the easiest way. Like, I'm that guy that's sitting on my couch watching a dude miss a 52-yarder. I'm like, fucking bum so i'm talking shit on nickelback but they're literally playing music for a living and living well in terms of finances so who am i to really say anything but again same time i'm not downloading your music i just yeah exactly like unless you pull a u2 they'll never be a nickelback song on my respective device i think uh let me check my apple music truth tree moment this might be the truth tree moment let me see here i mean i'm not gonna lie i do like nickelback but yeah, be curious now. There we go. Nickelback, what song? Oh, and a song from Dark Horse, If Today Was Your Last Day. Wow. Just one song? Rockstar, Saving Me, Photograph, and If Today Was Your Last Day. But these aren't from me. This is from a... Uh, every time I get a new iPhone, I have songs on here that I can't get anymore. Like, you know, like demo songs or album songs okay, from okay. bands that are no longer existing. Yes. So I have my sister put them all on her computer because she's able to rip the songs from the phone. So okay. every time I get the phone, every time I get a new phone, I always have stupid shit on there like, uh, let's see, Men Without Hats, The Safety Dance. I don't listen to that, but it's on there. So this is just coming from an iTunes account just pulled. So you're basically just syncing music from what, yeah. an old iTunes account? Yeah, exactly. But it's like, your iTunes account. It's my sister's. I, like Josie and the Pussycats from the movie. Like, okay. like, do you think I'd really listen to that? I don't know. Or I don't even know anymore. I'm trying to think here. I don't even think I know you anymore. Th- there's some there's some goofy shit on here. Like, uh, let's see. I think there's Blues Clues. Swear to God. You got the Blues Clues soundtrack on there? Blues Clues theme song. Holy fuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who who downloaded that? Um, it was for my brother when when like we go in like the car and shit. Oh, so it's going back that far. Oh yeah, it goes back that far. Wow. Like, okay. dude, there's like clips from Austin Powers on here. I have the Chris Farley fat guy in a little coat, like that little like 10 second clip that's on there. My dad used to download all this shit. I mean, purchase all of it legally and put it onto CDs to calm my brother down in the car when he was younger. Um so very weird. Just want to make a side note of this. Mentioned a couple bands in relation to Nickelback. Yeah. Do you remember the band's names? Silver Chair. First thing, as soon as I opened my Instagram to look up something for recommendation purposes, this 90s page, 
On today's date, March 27th, 1995, was released Frogstone by Silverchair. Big brother. Bro, that's fucking weird, People are worried about microchips. People are worried about microchips and the vaccine. That is fucking weird, man. (laughs) Like, of all the days... When have I ever said the word Silverchair on this fucking podcast ever never, never. This, I think holy this is the first crap time. even when bill or you know bill even when will is on i don't yeah. think i've ever brought that band name up no <laughs> stain trapped they'll be heard yeah i'll even try to like put collective soul in there because that's like kind of like hey maybe this can relate and you can bring yeah. it over to this it's side. all that post grunge yeah. yeah but silver i never said that band name <laughs> and now it just happened to be on a day on an anniversary of one of their albums Coincidence? That's weird, bro. <laughs> That's weird. Anyway. Um, we got one more thing here. Yeah. In 2020, <laughs> we went on a whole tangent about Nickelback. See, this is how they get you, dude. Yeah. We just talked about them in extent. Like, uh, I'm getting out of here. 2020, <laughs> with most of the world homebound, as the coronavirus pandemic takes hold, Elton John hosts the Living Room Concert for America from his home. Uh, Features virtual performances by Mariah Carey, H.E.R., Backstreet Boys, and Tim McGraw. The concert raises money to help local food banks and support first responders during the crisis. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I liked what they did during the pandemic stuff. Some of it was a little like showboating for celebrity purposes, like the we're in this together type stuff. Like, not really. We aren't really in this together in certain circumstances. When yeah, there's to nothing together about this private island. To you know, we're in quarantine too. You li- you have like a like a community on. You live in quarantine. You just brought seventy. P- you brought a co- you brought a town with you. You go to some rural parts of the entire country. You had literally brought a town's worth of people towards your private island to socially distance. And it's funny like, that you say on. this because right. Right as you were pulling up, I was walking outside. Yeah. And um, my wife had Keeping Up with the Kardashians on TV, and it was right as the pandemic was starting. What's the relation with Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Because Kim was like, I'm trying to throw it in. Oh, yeah. she's like, that's oh. The family literally did. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> she's like, oh, we're quarantining, and, you know, I don't, I, like, uh, you know, we're just like everyone else in the middle of all this. And I'm like, Bitch, you live in Calabasas. Yo, here's the thing, though, which is even crazy about this. Their idea of quarantining, to walk from one end of their house to the other end of the house is like the equivalent of like walking from my house to Wawa, you know? So it's... Pretty much. Even in their own homes, it's still... uh, I guess I'll just go bowling today in the basement. (laughs) I'm subjected to my indoor pool, and I can't go to the Uh, community. Dude, honestly, think about that. Imagine being that privileged... I mean, you know, it is what it is. They're I business don't hate people. On, it's yeah, what they do. I don't hate on but. it in the sake of you're wealthy. Like, like uh, uh, <laughs> I saw this thing about, you know, like money shaming almost where Jeff Bezos, he donated like $100 million to some sort of thing. And people were like breaking down the statistics of yeah. his net worth. The guy still donated $100 million. Like, don't exactly. make it a fucking, oh, you could have done. Like, he it doesn't matter. That's where I get. He could like, have done less. Pissed. Yeah, that's where I get pissed. He could have just done nothing at all. Exactly. These a lot of these people inherited their wealth. That's fine. You want to rip on those people? Do whatever you want. I still don't like to go that far. But also, don't publicize yourself. Don't be that person like taking a selfie with a homeless person before you give them a couple bucks. Like, yeah, don't exactly. make it a 
like, you know, I just do this for clout purposes. Mm -hmm. Like, just do some shit on your own to make it beneficial for society. And also, don't fucking shame celebrities when they try to do something nice and don't try to make it so publicly available. Yes. Like, it's not like Jeff Bezos had a fucking, you know, grandstand moment and spoke to the public about donating his money and wanted all this notoriety because, you know, he's not like an active Twitter guy seeking for that attention. So, yeah, going back to the Kardashian shit... That's the sad reality of it. Then you have celebrities where it's like, where's your wealth really coming from? You know, like, yeah. what did you really do to get to that point? You didn't Warren Buffett yourself into this fucking house, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's where I get a little annoyed. Yeah. Especially with the pandemic shit. <laughs> um, but speaking of the Kardashians, and I'm not sure how this is going to totally tie into it, but <laughs> um, speaking of the Kardashians, and something new and interesting also occurred with um, an album that we did not discuss. However, the album itself is from a band who is known to be very explicit in their artwork of their album covers. I think that's a very nice way of putting it. It's a very, yeah, undermining term to say. Explicit. Explicit. Violating. Offensive. Defensive. Offensive. Offensive. Um, vulgar. Vulgar. Vile. Display of artwork. <laughs> that could be the uh, fucking title of this episode. I did see something funny today. It was... um. Phil Anselmo behind like the counter of like a Panera. Oh God! It says Pantera fucking home style. <laughs> I gotta see if I can pull it up real quick. <laughs> While you're tying this in, I'll show you. So the album we've mentioned, they released a new song. Um, the uh, album is called Inhumane Harvest. Um, off the top of my head, I can't even think of the song that they released. But either way, the album itself, it's known to say that anytime. Oh, yeah, I have seen that, actually. That's great. Um, The album, the thing about it is, like, Cannibal Corpse is always, and it's cool for me, because growing up as a kid, their album covers are always what drew me to them. It was almost like the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. It was, you know, my cousin listened to it. I remember seeing Butchered at Birth when it was still the Chris Barnes era. Um, He had an original version of it on CD, and I saw it as a kid, and I'm like, I need to know what the fuck that is. You know, it was obviously a CD. You know, the album cover just it drew it to me. But as a kid, like, I wasn't allowed to be in my cousin's room. You know, at the time, he was a teenager. I wasn't. And yeah. like, he had, like, you know, smoking weed. And I'm like, get away from him, you know. So, But he had a Cannibal <laughs> Corpse album. And I remember seeing that album cover. And it was really fucking cool. And now that made me think, even to this day, I have a lot of fan favorite, like, my favorite album covers. But I also have this thing where choosing music, especially newer music, Mm -hmm. one of the first things is like judging a book by its cover, so to speak, where an album cover for me could be the pushing factor of what's going to make me want to listen to this album. Someone recommends me something, I could care less about the album cover because they've heard it, they know it's good. If I, you know, they if have related taste. It, yeah. yeah. Even if their tastes aren't even so much relation to me, if they enjoy it, I want to find out why. So I'll listen to anything across the board if it comes recommended. Yeah. You know, but if I'm searching for my own new music and all I have to go on is a Google search with a, just an imagery of the albums and when they were released, yeah. Nine times out of ten, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to look for. 
you know, the album cover is going to be that first thing. And I'm not going to go through all 50 albums that were released this year or whatever yeah. by that genre. Like, I'm going to see the top four, five, six, maybe even 10 albums and more than likely base that A, on the band if I've already know the band and they've just released a new album. Yeah. And B, the fucking album cover. C will be genre, like if I look up metal, it's death thrash or black and thrash or yeah. classic death metal, doom metal, whatever. Um, but the album cover is usually that second thing below it's gonna be the, the deciding factor. Huge deciding factor. So, and I wanted to ask you, you know, you obviously have favorites and, you know, album yes. covers that you highly enjoy. So I figured what we could do is just share some of our favorites and boil it down to, if we had to, our <clears throat> favorite album cover. Well, it should come as no surprise that there's a lot of death album covers that I really enjoy. I think their whole discography is filled with yeah, great like, album work. It's, it's got something to do with that whole, like, death metal aesthetic or... Um, like just like the death metal way of doing things to where they always have these like fucking like drawn like artistic like things. Like you think of like spiritual healing, you think of leprosy, scream, bloody, gore, uh, yep. scream, bloody gore. Uh, well, scream, bloody gore. I kind of put in like the same like realm as like eating back to life or like any of that kind of shit. Like where it's, where it's real, like, like, uh, like visceral, yeah, as opposed to like Sound of Perseverance. Well, it's funny because their album like that, artwork it's like almost matched their transition. Yes, because you like the album for Human. Yeah, that was the first one that really molded that sound that would soon wind up as Sound of Perseverance. Because Spiritual Healing was still very leprosy. Yeah, you know, and then Human comes out. His vocals start getting a little more less growly. You mm-hmm. know, and the artwork was totally different. Um, as far as like normal, like type mainstream shit goes, uh, Rust in Peace has always been a favorite of mine. Great album. Cover. Like, uh, what's the what's the mask I call Vic? Yeah, Vic Rattlehead. Yeah, Vic Rattlehead. Like having him in there. Like, like uh, you were mentioning Peace Cells, and like I really like the Peace Cells one too. But Rust in Peace, just like that. I don't know. There's just something with like that blue background and like the fucking very catching like, to the eye. Yeah, it's just very. like it's there. It's iconic too. Yeah, super iconic, yeah. dude. And then um, on the exact opposite, Injustice for All. I just like how I like the you know like the aesthetic of the green Metallica logo against like the concrete or, or the, whatever yeah, that, with Lady Justice. Like it just looks cool. It's like a cream white. It's not even, yeah. Yeah, it's like that marble white. Like honest to God, like Injustice for All was always like my favorite Metallica shirt. Yeah. Like, I always thought that was, like, the that coolest shirt That shirt was ever. even cooler than the album. Like, especially yeah. the OG shirt where it was, like, purple and green and red and blue. Like, it was just the blue Lady Justice on the black with the green Metallica, but the ropes were, like, red. Yeah, And then I on the back, it had the Hammer of Justice with all the picture of the four of them. Yep. Like, the OG shirt. Like, that one was so fucking cool, man. I had the the poor kids version too when I was in high school. Yeah, it was the just the print album on the cover, front. like like it was ironed on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the Walmart. I got, I got it from uh, Kmart. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, the that edition. Back when I used to buy my Adam Levine jeans from Kmart, <laughs> they were dirt cheap. That's when Champion was still in stores over at those yeah. places. You get a hoodie for nineteen ninety nine. I walked into a Journeys. I came down here without a hoodie because I thought it was gonna be nice. <laughs> it wasn't nice that weekend, that particular time. And I needed Odie, so I went to the mall. Journeys. 
Champion hoodie, all black. Nothing on it except the little C. How much is that hoodie? $69.99 for a fucking champion what? hoodie. Are you yeah, kidding me? That's where we're at now in this day and age. <laughs> Just a reminder to all of you out there, you're wearing Kmart clothes. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, right. Sorry. What's next? You're going to bring back the Iverson shoes. Shacks. Shacks. Iversons <laughs> were expensive. I had Iversons. Yeah. It was the Shacks that were the uh, Walmart specials. 20 bucks. You're getting a <laughs> nice pair of leather kicks. Uh, <laughs> Match up to your boys' Jordans out there. You play one game of basketball, the fucking soles have already worn off. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Stitching already came totally apart. Um, To kind of round this off a little bit, um, as far as like newer album covers go, uh, Suicide Silence is the cleansing. Uh, you know, that, that whole like visceral, like picture of like the dude, like vomiting or whatever, like mm-hmm. straight up in the air. Like I always thought that was a cool looking album cover actually would draw me into that band. Um, another one too is job for Cowboys ruination. Uh, I don't know what their mascot is. Yeah. The, it's like, like the cow head yeah. or something that that's funny. Cause job for a cowboy that's actually picturesque to what I mean by album covers that like drew me in. Yeah. Cause then there's like, I'm more like when you mentioned like earlier death, that's kind of my niche when I talk about like death metal, but then yeah. black Dahlia murder has a style of artwork that job for a cowboy kind of represents where it's almost like just better technology to use the art as opposed to yes. looking like a sketch. Like it's almost a difference with like CGI and practical effects. Exactly. Horror movies. Yep. Um, and Job for a Cowboy had album artwork that was reminiscent to Black Dahlia Murder, which ultimately said, I'm going to give this a shot. Yeah. And that's really what, not only was it recommended to me, but then I saw the album work and I was like, I knew where it was probably headed, mm-hmm. but Black Dahlia Murder is where I put in the same boat as Lamb of God as like bands that I draw a line where they're borderline on the core side towards like traditional yeah. death metal or melodic death metal. And yeah, Job for a Cowboy's artwork is very cool because, again, mm-hmm. that's was a driving factor. It's a prime example. Um, and kind of rounding out mine with uh, with rap, uh, Slim Shady LP, I always thought was cool. Excellent. That always, like, that that cover drew me in. Excellent. Um, and then uh, the last one is Ludacris's Chicken and Beer. Oh, yeah. So I just thought it was funny. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, man, this Ludacris knows how to party. Yeah. That was a dope <laughs> album cover. I remember when that came out. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say some of my hip hop favorites because a lot of what sparks this is hip hop for me. Never necessarily relied on the album artwork. Mm. I was more so of hip hop. Kind of sold itself on its music for me when I was younger. Um, you know, because there's a lot of albums out there where I couldn't even tell you the artwork, but I could tell you some of the songs off the album and know that I enjoy them. But Return of 36 Chambers by ODB is one of my favorite. I think Old Dirty Bastard, like the food stamp card, yeah. um, is one of the most iconic, not held up in the fucking mainstream light as much as of an album cover. I think that's just such a great, great album cover. I like Nas's Illmatic was a huge one for me because it was just very iconic. And then, you know, Stillmatic comes out and, you know, kind of tries to replay that. Um you mentioned the Slim Shady LP. Marshall Mathers LP is also very, very iconic for me. Yeah. You know, just that like sepia ambient background of just like mm-hmm. him sitting on the roof. I thought that was such a fucking cool album cover when I was a kid. Um, you know, Straight Outta Compton has a really cool album cover. Yeah. I think the older hip hop, especially 
like their artwork, man, it was almost too as well with like punk rock. They relied more on the musician themselves to show face within the artwork. Yes. They didn't use creative art. And nowadays you do have artists that are doing that. Like, you know, Jizz's Liquid Swords is one of my favorites because it was like a cartoon version. It was like that anime style of, you know, art where yeah. that was really cool for me for a hip hop album. And then going into like tying that to punk rock, you know, that was another thing with me in that scene because a lot of things I relied on with punk rock was like a real old school image. Like the Ramones kind of started that with black and white photo of them just in a fucking street in New York and just a, you know, photo of the band members just sitting up against the city wall. You know, you had that, you know, you had minor threat, you know, with them sitting on the fucking, you know, his head down and shit with Ian McKay. And punk rock for me was also another genre in the same way of death metal that the, you know, artwork ten will tentatively show you where this is going to head music. You know, pop punk, like their album covers are always really, you know, kind of like nice and inviting. And then you get the same way with, you know, hardcore and everything of like the early 80s where it was just very rugged and just ugly dudes on the album. And, you know, that was just, you knew what kind of album you were probably going to get from those guys. And, you know, same way with Metallica. When we talk about them coming through the glam metal scene, you know, Kill 'Em All, I think it was in there um, behind the music. A guy that said that sold him on Kill 'Em All was when he looked at the back of the vinyl for it and he saw these four dudes with no makeup on and looked like, you know, dog shit apparently. You know, just looked rugged in their denim and their yeah. leather jackets. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this is probably going to kick fucking ass, you know? And that's what got that particular individual in the album. And, you know, that's the thing. So with it coming down to that, death metal, black metal, all the extreme metal genres for me weigh heavily with album covers because, again, if I don't get a personal recommendation and I'm looking up music on Google nine times out of ten, they get the image and I pick that and then so on and so forth. So I yeah. repeat myself on that. But death metal for me, it was like how I experienced it in telling you earlier where you get like a CGI or practical effect. Yep. Death metal in the late 80s, starting with death and possessed and going all the way through to Morbid Angel coming up and then Cannibal Corpse, you could see the progress of where metal artwork has gone. And every so often, newer albums will come out where they're just reminiscent of old school. Same thing yeah. with Thrash. You know, we talked about Power Trip earlier. Like, Power Trip even had like a very thrash related you know feel in their artwork same thing with toxic holocaust is another newer thrash metal band you know skeleton witch all these yeah. like thrashier bands, skeleton like, witches their artworks cool. are really like beyond the permafrost is so fucking mm -hmm. cool um but some of my favorites of the death metal you mentioned death so i'll just say like leprosy is my all-time favorite huge fan of black metal because black metal uses a lot of older like artwork like, Burzum just has really just cool artwork with all their stuff, but it's all yeah. like from paintings and stuff from, like, historians. And, um, you know, Emperors in the Nightside Eclipse is a really, really big favorite of mine. I love Morbid Angel's first few albums up to Domination. Even Gateways and Formulas are really cool. However, I will say, just to narrow this down with Death Metal, one of my favorites, um, well, actually, I would say top three in favorites obituary slowly we rot is one of my all-time favorites i absolutely okay. love that fucking album i love the album itself i love the fucking artwork i think it's absolutely phenomenal um yeah i mentioned leprosy so i'll leave them out just for the purpose of this one band i will say 
and I'm going to bring them kind of out of left field because I kind of like all their artwork that they've done on all their albums, even though the albums are not that good. Uh, Ghoul. The thrash band Ghoul, who is also members through Impaled. Like, if you look at all their artwork, I mean, it's just cartoony, 80s horror feel. Yeah. You know, like uh, very just, it's all of it's like super cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I really love the artwork that Ghoul does. Every album has that same feel. But my number one of all time, the band is called Autopsy. The album is Severed Survival. Now, here's the thing. Severed Survival was released in two versions the original artwork I was not a fan of. I thought it was super corny. I was not a huge fan. Like, you know, the original itself, not that impressive. Yeah. But the alternate cover, which is arguably, and I will say, my favorite artwork of I've all always time. liked that. So fucking cool, dude. Yeah. I remember telling my fiance specifically about this, and then she went out and bought me a long sleeve Severed Survival shirt. And That's it's cool. Like an authentic from the autopsy website I, I was absolutely blown away because i'm a huge thing with band shirts and i think autopsy severed survival alternate cover is just the coolest you know point of view version of a patient getting worked on by a bunch of zombie practitioners like yeah. it's so fucking cool and for its time i love death metal with their artwork because i'm just a horror fan at heart anyway mm-hmm. and most of these bands like sometimes i'll go overly satanic and i think yeah. it's a little like okay you gotta fucking you know that's Back almost like how like Demi Borgir is with their. They shit. went yeah, real, mm-hmm. real yeah. I've always liked their covers, but they they went yeah. that very super fucking satanic yeah. route. Like Amon Marth has cool album covers because it fits their aesthetic. Yeah, and Demu <sighs> Cradle of Filth does the same thing for me from time to time. Yeah. Their album covers are cool, but sometimes like just yeah, you got a little too. You got a little it's too far. It's almost like we were sometimes. talking about last week with like you can't have it sitting out because then people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is that?" Exactly yeah. the same way. <laughs> and that's again like that's how my and I guess that says something about me as a person that I saw butchered at birth and was like, I kind of want that. Right <laughs> Whereas like if my sister saw that, like that, you know, you know, there's something in my head where like horror and gore and guts and it's just it's all appealing, and I think it's because of that. It's not orthodox. Like, it's very unorthodox. Yeah. Against the grain. And it's not even intent. It's just something that draws me to that. And I think a lot of that plays in the reason why I use album covers as an opening method to me to be able to listen to a band or give a band a shot. You have to think, too, like, back in the days before streaming and the internet, that's all you had to go off of unless unless somebody had told you about it. Like, you know, like, imagine... um, I don't know, imagine the very fucking beginning of the death metal movement. You come across eating back to life. No one's ever heard it before, but you just saw this cover and you're like, man, this is probably the most fucking yeah. insane shit I've ever seen. They yeah. probably are probably, they probably sound just as insane. You'd probably be right. Like even Meteora by Linkin Park. When I was a yeah. kid, just doing a spray can. Like, you know, just, oh, it's cool. It's rebellion. You know, there's just corn, you know, when yeah. they're, they're albums and, that was the thing with the art of an album in the same way with like the art of a music video. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some way you're going to draw people in by imagery, which was necessary because if you think about the classic rock albums and we didn't really get into that, there are still a lot of iconic album covers oh, going yeah. back like decades. Queen's decades. got a few of them. Yeah, absolutely. Blood Zeppelin's got a few of them. House of the Holy. Yeah. And even like jazz albums that I'm a fan of where it's yeah. just John Coltrane on the front or, you know, you got Miles Davis playing his, you know, 
Saxon. It's just the, like those images are what are going to draw you in. Like an album. Ted Nugent's cover, got the same type of covers too. Exactly. Just you know, personal upfront playing his yep. you know guitar. It's just. You know, Fleetwood Mac's album covers are just very memorable. The Led Zeppelin album covers very memorable. I mean, mm-hmm. using the you know burning Led Zeppelin of you know World War Two, and then you get some fucking shit like Ingve, like Rising Power or whatever, Rising Force. Yeah, it's just and it's like him like put me on showcase. It's just like, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, my puffy shirt. Look at this fucking guy in his yeah. puffy shirt and leather pants. Yeah, I, and cowboy uh, boots. What a tool. <sighs> You know, Appetite for Destruction is <laughs> another one I think of. You know, there's yeah, just so many Appetite's album covers cool. that are just, if you think about them. Um, and then also you get the ones where they kind of fit the same. Like Def Leppard, all mm-hmm. their album covers had a same feel to them yeah. early on. You know, and I think that's another important thing where, you know, we brought ACDC up before. They mm-hmm. always had the high voltage type thought where everything's electric and, yep. you know, fired up. And then Iron Maiden. Black. Iron Maiden. Think about all their albums. Oh, covers. my God, Holy yeah. Shit. You look at Killers On. All like, it, Ever since, well, I mean, cool. Eddie was, you know, the first Iron Maiden album cover is a little fucking, like, it's like it's the first attempt at CGI in American history or British history, yeah. you know, was that it, opportunity to make eddie and it was horrible in my opinion but killers on you're absolutely right yeah. the guy i mean there was a couple weird albums in between where with uh blaze bailey or whatever the guy who took over for dickinson before he came back for oh brave yeah, new yeah. world yeah those album covers were really fucking weird eddie was like a gargoyle or something it was really weird but yeah all their albums you know that's just a fun thing with a band you know what one i really iconic one we didn't bring up Kiss is Destroyer. Oh, yeah, dude. Kiss Absolutely. Is that's that's honestly probably another pushing point of why that's my favorite album, sadly yeah. to say. But all the songs on that album I enjoy more than Dress all the to songs Kill is on one of my favorites too. Just yeah. like blank, like they're just wearing suits yeah. and shit. Like they, I always thought that that's album. Cover Think was about cool. how far, you know, great albums have yeah. been putting out great album covers. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jethro Toll's Aqualung is very fucking yeah. awesome. Um, you know, we talk about all the way, even Elvis, that Elvis Presley cover that the Clash in turn made into their own album yeah. cover, basically with London Calling. I mean, talking albums, you, you would have to be a liar to say that at no point do you think about the album cover when you're liking an album. Oh, yeah. You'd have to be. There's just, you know, there's mm-hmm. got it's not to say, OK, my favorite album of all time might not have the best album cover. Of all yeah, time. You know, exactly. Because Autopsy Severed Survival probably isn't even in my top 20 of all time death metal albums. But that fucking that cover, album cover is just yeah. so fucking cool, man. You know? You know what else is pretty pretty cool covers is Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie does some cool like shit. Like his imagery that is That Lost cool Exorcisto cover, you know, you get to see the evolution of what he was able to do mm-hmm. in his solo career. But that Lost Exorcisto cover is like perfect because it's almost like hippie. Yeah. 70s, you know, like uh, free spirit type feel with like mm-hmm. the vibe colors and the, you know, the psychedelic feel to it. But then Rob Zombie is also this extreme, like new metal-ish, you know, machiny sound artist with a lot yeah. of his newer stuff. But he is that guy because if you watch his movies, his movies do the same thing. Yeah. They bring in 80s horror feel. It's like we were talking about before when we brought up Rob Zombie a few episodes ago. It's like a like an exit from reality. Absolutely. When you're listening or looking at anything with Rob Zombie or watching one of his films, it's yeah. an exit from reality, and he's just amazing at what he does. I honestly, from time to time, will put on House of a Thousand Corpses because I want more practical effect 
Mm-hmm. I want a more modern sense of gore, but I also want an 80s horror movie. Yeah. You know, and it's something about when I turn on House of a Thousand Corpses, like as soon as it starts out, immediately I'm already getting that vibe. Yeah. That song, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yep. Yeah. That, this is so like, yeah. That uh, song was fucking eerie as fuck so live, cool, dude. dude. When I saw him live, it was so fucking creepy. I bet you feel like it's Halloween, even yeah. if it's the middle of August. When we're done, I'll show you, because I actually found a dude that actually had video footage from the show oh, from that, that I saw. Okay, cool. And dude, it's it's crazy. Like Excellent. When you see it, you're like, holy shit. Excellent. Yeah, it, it was cool. Excellent. So we'll check that out. So, I guess to kind of wrap it up, let's pick our one definitive favorite. Uh, it doesn't have to be... Per, it doesn't have to be genre specific or anything. Just like if you were to. Oh, I also wanted to say when the kite string pops, there's a band called Acid Bath. They're severely underrated. You should check them out. Their album cover for when the kite string pops is really cool. <laughs> Recommended it a while back. You can see it on our page. <laughs> so, Jeez. what like if you had to if you had to narrow it down to like your favorite album cover? Doesn't matter genre or anything. What would you What would you pick? Um, I think I'm going to stick with my stance on autopsy just cause I always go back to it. Um, it's not a band that I've brought up before on this show really at all. If that ever, yeah. So ever I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to stick with that, which is their album severed survival, which was initially released in 1989, but the alternative cover be that's, that's the important yeah. factor. The, <laughs> the original cover is not even in my probably top thousands of album covers. So that's how much of a difference yeah. that this album cover makes. Um, my favorite is going to be death sound of perseverance. There was just uh, honestly, like I had listened to death before I had seen any of the album covers. So there wasn't any of that, you know, there wasn't any, uh, you know, putting two and two together kind of thing. I saw sound of perseverance and I was like, this is cool. Like, it's just like, you know, the people, the bodies crawling off the mountain then the mountain has like a fucking, it looks like it has a mouth. Like, it's just like, there's just something that like invokes like a visceral reaction that puts you in like this kind of like uneasy place while you're listening to this album. That's the same thing that I, like I said, what I do with like black metal albums. Cause there's really mm-hmm. no theme to it. It's just art of just some weird exactly. place that that music is probably going to put you. Yep. It's the best way I can put it. And that, yeah, that yeah. definitely does that. Yeah, that, that, that album cover is easily my favorite of all time. Very eerie. Just because of what it is. Yeah, it's eerie. It almost looks like there's a fog, too, over the mountains yes. because of how lightly... And you know, depending on which version you get of the album yeah. or which photo you see, it's like it's different every time they repress it or release it. It's never the same. It's almost like if you held it up to someone, like, yo, do you see that guy standing on the mountain? You're like, I don't see the guy. Like, someone's going to see something different. Yeah, like, honestly, until I looked sure. at it on the screen here, I'd never I'd never noticed a couple of the people that were on there. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you see in Death, Sound, of Perseverance album cover? Hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how many people you find. <laughs> does it look red to you or does it look maroon? Hit us up on our... <laughs> Hit us up on our social media accounts, facebook.com slash R-A-T-M podcast, Instagram and Twitter at R-A-T-M podcast, and our email at R-A-T-M podcast at gmail.com. But until then, let's get into our suggestions for this week. My suggestion for this week is to check out the Death Album Sound of Perseverance, uh, and I want to recommend the song Spirit Crusher. Super fucking cool bass line. 
And just that, like, that vocal line. Of course. So evil, dude. Like, it's just amazing. Ironic about that song, the chorus is the exact same chords from Ride the Lightning. Really? (laughs) Same exact chords. That's so funny. Yeah. Same chords. That's so funny. I didn't know that. So what's your suggestion for this week? So I'm going to stay on key with the album recommendation cover-wise specific is the 1989 release, Severed Survival. This is the alternate version, of course, just for the cover's sake. Um, (laughs) So yeah, Severed Survival by the band Autopsy. The track I'm recommending is track two, Service for a Vacant Coffin. Very edgy. Our group suggestion for this week is to check out the 2021 documentary, Biggie, I Got a Story to Tell, uh, directed by Emmett Malloy. Uh, you can find this exclusively on Netflix. Uh, this documentary, obviously, about Notorious B.I.G., Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls, if you will, um, with uh, never-before-seen-behind-the-scenes footage and rare interviews and stuff like that, it's Basically, probably uh, like every other Biggie documentary you've seen, but with more stuff added into it. So, check it out. Uh, It's called Biggie. I got a story to tell on Netflix. So, once again, this is an episode of Rage Against the Mainstream podcast for the books. If you like, you can reach us on our Instagram and Twitter at RATM Podcast, Facebook.com slash RATM Podcast, and our email podcast at gmail.com. But until then, this is Rage Against Mainstream signing off. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Have a good night, guys. Thank you for listening.